It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. If you'd like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We have so much to discuss. Princess Di will be joining us. There is news from Washington. There is news from around the city. I'd like to begin today with an opinion piece that was written for The Hill, which begins this way. Almost 30 years ago, Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan, D. New York, wrote of Defining Deviancy Down, a cultural transformation where society subconsciously finds itself accepting the abnormal as normal. Just over a century ago, in starker terms, Irish poet William Butler Yeats wrote that too long a sacrifice makes a stone of the heart. While we are not yet at either of these defining moments in New York City or in our nation overall, I fear we are headed there. If the growing wave of violent crime is not stopped and stopped soon, I'm not just talking about the raw numbers of increased murders, assaults, the raw numbers of increased murders, assaults, and midday carjacking. It's not just the gang bangers or drug dealers attacking and killing for money or turf. It is the brutal, almost indescribable nature of the crimes within Just the last two weeks, there have been three horrific, almost unspeakable attacks that accentuate this societal dissent. And the author goes on to talk about the incident where the 19-year-old girl was killed at Burger King. Michelle Go thrown onto the subway tracks and an 11-year-old girl shot in the face in the Bronx, 11-month-old baby girl. Peter King, former representative Peter King, is the author of the piece. It is worth, very much worth looking at and reading. And yes, to add and buttress that, let's take a look at some of the news around New York City and environs today. Woman who told kids Hitler should have killed you all is arrested. Christina Darling, 21, 21 years old. Arrested and charged Friday with aggravated harassment, menacing both as hate crimes, acting in a manner too injurious to a child. Ms. Darling, 21 years old, who was a student, by the way, as it turns out, at uh, St. Francis College, according to uh, a petition on change.org, stormed over to some Jewish kids. She snarled at the kids. Hitler should have killed you all. Children, this 21-year-old, Hitler should have killed you all. I'll kill you, and I know where you live. And she spat in one of the boys' faces. She's been arrested. Innocent boy, this is from New Jersey. An innocent New Jersey 18-year-old young man was tragically killed, caught in the crossfire of a gunfight, gangbangers. Robert Quadra, a young man described as having a promising future despite a tough upbringing. He was doing grocery shopping for his his grandma. 
when he was caught in a crossfire and killed. Rapper, 16 years old, in New York City, charged with shooting a New York City police officer, could be free on a quarter-million-dollar bond that he got from signing with his record company, Interscope. Carmen Williams, known as C-Blue, signed with Interscope recently, used part of his advance to help help pay for his release. Now, this news story says that it wasn't um, an intentional shooting. His gun went off while he was tussling with police officers, something that our new district attorney in Manhattan says is okay. It's okay to resist arrest. Mr. Bragg. Two, Long Island Railroad passengers face hate crimes charges after a filmed verbal attack. Two railroad passengers. This is a couple. Justin Lickerman, 37, of Ronkonkoma, and his girlfriend headed home after a Nick game. There's a Dominican family, young family, young, beautiful-looking family on the train. He starts yelling at them, look straight, look straight, because I'm going to get arrested tonight. Don't effing look at me. Look straight. He proceeds to tell them another passenger tried to intervene. He said, hey, come on, this is not worth it. He says, I know it's not worth it. These effing foreigners are t- ain't taking over my effing country. Really? She's This one woman, they're from the Dominican Republic, traveling with their 10-year-old son. He has been arrested as well as his girlfriend. And they've been fired from their jobs at a Toyota dealership. I don't want to mention it because I'm not trying to disparage the dealership. The dealership says they are outraged by the behavior. Both of them apparently have worked for the same Toyota dealership in Huntington, Long Island. Can't leave people alone riding on the train. Have to just hurl hate and abuse at them. Paroli charged with hurling slur at Asian man shoving him on the subway. Yesterday. It's a black woman. You people bought the virus here, shoved an Asian guy. She's out on, she's a parolee. She's released. Criminal behavior already. Tandika Wright, 35-year-old woman, approached the 26-year-old victim near the F train. Hey, are you a, you know, um, CHI, that, that particular, you people bought the virus here. My people, what kind of utter stupidity and nonsense do we see here? It's not just on one side. The Bronx District Attorney is dropping 133 cases linked to indicted New York police detective Joseph Franco. Apparently, Detective Franco is charged with lying about people he saw. He's framing people, apparently. That's what the allegation is, that he framed people for drug arrests. This is resulting in hundreds of criminals being at least 257 Bronx convictions that depended on Franco's sworn statements and testimony before a grand jury have been dismissed, including 133 that were tossed out yesterday. So now we have more and more criminals on the street. Thank you. If the allegations are true, detective. In the Bronx, let's stay in the Bronx for a minute. Five subjects, five criminals burst into the Grand Concourse near 170th Street, a little store they pistol-whipped, a 56-year-old man, stabbed a 36-year-old employee, all to walk away with a few dollars. Moving down to Pennsylvania, 
middle school teacher. This is nowhere near horrific, but it's in the stack. Wanted to call a few of these cases to your attention, too. Before we do that, let's stay in New York. One more. New York police officers were heckled yesterday for arresting, arresting five anti-vaccination mandate protesters. They detained a nine-year-old girl after they tried to get into the Natural History Museum without showing proof of a COVID vaccination. So with everything that's going on in New York City, and I'm not blaming the police officers here for doing their jobs, the nine-year-old named Jayla was filmed sobbing as she was marched down the steps by two cops, onlookers filming the heck and abuse that the police officers were taking over her apprehension because they attempted to go into a museum without a COVID vaccination card. That's who deserves to be arrested. In Pennsylvania... A middle school teacher was caught in a viral photograph taping a mask to one of her students' faces. The community in Pennsfield, in, in Hatfield, Pennsylvania, Penfield Middle School, outraged. Outraged. One of them wrote in a post, pro-mask or anti-mask, I hope we can all agree that Taping masks to children's faces crosses the line. This is a follow-up story that judge we talked about last week in Michigan, Alexis K. Grot, has apologized for demeaning, bad-mouthing a 70-year-old cancer victim who was too weak to keep up with his yard work She said he belonged in jail. She made a mistake, she says in a statement. She made a mistake. And she apologized to the person that was in her court. She also says that she self-reported her own behavior to the the Michigan Judicial Tenure Commission. But finally apologized. This from Georgia. A law enforcement officer who decided he wanted to comment on the trial of Ahmed Aubrey has just resigned. This is the Houston County, not to be confused with Houston, Texas, the Houston County Sheriff's Office in Georgia, Paul Erhan, that criminal Aubrey still got the death penalty, though. And this officer... Even though he resigned, if you go through the story, he's denying there were any racial undertones to what he said, and this is him him electing to to use his free speech. And I'm going to tell you something. If those of you in law enforcement, and I know most of you, most of you, the overwhelming majority of you are great human beings trying to protect us in society, but for those few of you who think that this is acceptable behavior, it is not. Your role as a law enforcement officer means you have to be aware of how your comments are going to be perceived on social media. And if you're too stupid to understand that you shouldn't be on social media spouting 
these kind of things that would make it look like you're prejudicial, whether you are or not. I don't know whether this guy has any racial animus toward Arby. I don't know what motivated him. I'm not going to speculate on what. I don't know. But the remark was stupid. And if you're too stupid to stay off social media offering your stupid opinions like this, then you don't deserve to be in law enforcement. The New York Post has an editorial today. Alvin Bragg's vow to prosecute a few criminals still isn't enough. Alvin Bragg met with some PR folks earlier in the week. Now he's trying to walk back, saying it's a mass misunderstanding of his legalistic memo. Like, we're too stupid to figure out what he said. We know what you said, Mr. Bragg. And just because your PR firm tries to dance around it and have you walk back it like, oh, you're going to prosecute some of these people. Violence against police officers will not be tolerated. You can say that now. That's not what you said in your memo. So you can dress it up now to try to suit what your PR firm is telling you to do, how to get yourself out of the bad publicity that you have generated yourself for your own remarks, but it is not going to work. Kyle Smith. New York Post today. This is an article I cannot spend the time that it deserves with, so I'm not going to, but I'm going to point it to your attention. He has outlined the fraud, the billions of dollars in fraud that have gone on with COVID relief. And it is a stunning piece. Maybe, Jen, we can have him on someday next week to talk about it. Governor Newsom went out and said that those train tracks out in California where the looters have been pillaging and leaving filth all over, hey, it looks like a third-world country out here. So he went out and he started cleaning up. Hey, Governor, it is a third-world country in California because you've let the third world in. You and your Democrat Party. So don't be shocked that it looks like a third-world country. You have turned California into a third-world country. Last one before the break. California would allow children 12 and up to be vaccinated without their parents' consent. Without their parents' consent. This is a law being put forward by a Democrat, of course, Senator Scott Weiner from San Francisco. And what he's arguing is that 12 and up, hey, screw your parents. They don't have to consent. You can go get vaccinated no matter what your parents say. That's today's Democrats for you. When we get back, ladies and gentlemen, Princess Di joins us. We will talk about some of the politics of the week. Your calls are, of course, welcome here on WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly. 800-848 is the number to call. We will be taking your calls a little bit later in the program, so do give us a call. And we'll be right back. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is that time where we welcome Her Majesty, the Princess of Policy. We genuflect before her. We marvel at her wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, I am proud, please, humbled, on bended knee to bring you our very own Princess Diana Me. Welcome, Princess. How are you this afternoon? Oh, that is so fun. 
I I would like to hereby knight you. So, you know, if you're going to be on bended knee, I will knight you. You come come up with your own knight term, whatever you want to call yourself. <laughs> so great. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yes, you have your own theme music now, Princess Di. <clears throat> Lovely. And it is wonderful. Now, uh, this week, Princess Diana, we... I don't recall ever, look, I've been watching politics since I was a kid. I've seen disastrous weeks for presidents. I don't think I have seen anything, and and there have had to be worse weeks for certain presidents, but this was among the worst that a sitting president faces. First, Joe Biden goes out Wednesday on this, 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 this press conference, and the poor mm. guy looks like he can barely hang on to a, a thought. I mean, I'm not right. trying to dump on him. He really did look like he was struggling. There were points when he, I felt sorry for him. It's like he's closing his eyes. He's just trying to will himself to stay in there, be coherent, stay in there, try to make sense of this question and answer. And, of yeah. course, they've been cleaning up after the press conference ever since on his remarks on the Ukraine, which made it look like he was giving Russia uh, tacit permission from the United States to engage in a small incursion, not a big one. Just go ahead and do a small incursion. And and and, and then this idea that that, well, if we don't get this voting rights bill, the elections in 2022 are going to be illegitimate. And they didn't get it. And so the elections, I guess, coming up are going to be illegitimate. What do you say about this week for the president Biden and also this week for the Democrat Party failing once again to get what Joe Biden claimed that he wanted, and this all took place in the United States Senate. Well, you know, I really I have what is known as the princess principles, and one of them is follow the Marxism. And so even though, as you say, this has been a what appears to be a very difficult political week for the Democrat Party. Build back better. Nothing is built. Nothing is back and nothing is better. And all all of their all of their uh, legislation crashed and burned. However, if you look at what has actually happened, that this, you know, what's public seems to be possibly cover for what they're really doing which look at crime and drugs pouring over the border, look at terrorism, look at the uh, human trafficking, look at inflation, look at the energy dependence, which we now have again, look at the energy scarcity, the supply chain problems. All of these are the results of deliberate policies by the Biden administration. So yes, he may have failed, quote unquote, at some legislation that they are very visibly pushing, but they are succeeding, unfortunately, enormously at what they're actually doing, which is wounding America. And it seems to be, and you've heard of the Cloward-Piven strategy, which is basically overwhelm all of the institutions and the agencies in the American system with deliberately overloaded. So the whole thing crashes and burns. So instead of build back better, we've got tear it all down, blow it all up, the Cloward-Piven strategy, which is the strategy of Bill Ayers. You know, you remember uh, the- From the Clinton years. 
well, also from the Obama years, who yes, was a pal yes. around with terrorists. This was a buddy in Chicago, of an actual weather underground guy. And you know what I found out? I just looked him up again. And do you know that he was foster parent to Chase Boudin, who is the San Francisco DA now? Good Lord, Agnes. No, I did not. Yes. Yes, he raised this guy who is instituting these same policies that Bill Ayers believed in during the weather underground years to tear it all down, blow it up deliberately. So Biden is on one hand, you know, struggling and all of these things with his legislation that is failing. And on the other hand, you've got the Bill Ayers philosophy, which is being put into effect, and by some of the same people. When I discovered that, that Bill Ayers and his wife, I forget her name, Bernadine Dorr, I think, something Bernadine like that. Bernadine Dorr, yeah, yeah. Yes, both of them involved in terrorism, and that is on the record. They raised this guy who had, because his own parents had been imprisoned due to their weather underground bombing activities. And now he is San Francisco DA, one of the people who is being supported by the Soros organizations, and they are deliberately not prosecuting crime. So I think that is another angle to this. You know, sometimes you have to follow the Marxism or as you follow the money, because what appears to be and what everybody in politics is obsessing over is just a cover for something more nefarious. Wow. Interesting theory. And this is one of the reasons why we love having you here, because I don't think anyone else could come up with this analysis. Now, let's turn our attention to a minute before it's time for us to go for today. And you'll be back with us tomorrow on our second and third hour sometime tomorrow's show. Um, NBC News president (laughs) Noah Oppenheim insists that NBC News is not in the business of advocacy journalism. I would suggest that they're not in the business of journalism at all, but (laughs) he says, no, we're not advocate. We're not journalistic advocates over here. I mean, how you can say this with those letters MSNBC staring you in the face, I don't understand. (laughs) This was the same day, by the way, that that black woman over there who's angry at the world, bitter, angry, mean, even attacked one of their own, Pete Buttigieg, she for the infrastructure bill. She called the infrastructure bill a white man something or another. It benefits oh, white people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that I mean, no one pays attention to that idiotic woman most of the time anyway. But I mean, she's just angry and bitter and mean. And so he's saying, no, we we're not advocacy journalism. And meanwhile, you got this woman over there attacking old Pete who failed at his five G rollout because he and his husband Chase are too busy taking busy pictures of the babies with them standing up like they're the poster kid for mom for dad and dad magazine. And while and 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 meanwhile. You know, this woman's out here telling old Pete, hey, Pete, the infrastructure deal is going to benefit white people, black people and other people in America. Not gonna... And he tried to push back against it, poor little Pete. But maybe he was, his head was, yeah, yeah. anyway. Okay, okay NBC. Uh, yes. Well, you know, that is one of the funniest articles I've ever read, that, you know, they this, this guy, Noah Oppenheim, says that NBC News' mission is to hold the middle ground, be objective and nonpartisan, and they <laughs> ferociously, ferociously defend the traditional approach to journalism. And so all you have to do is say, Lester Holt, 
Chuck Todd, Access Hollywood Tape, MSNBC, as you mentioned, and the new hire, Yamish Alcindor. That radical from that they hired over from PBS. Yes. And she, after the disastrous press conference that Biden had, she went on in this fangirl tweet storm about how wonderful it was and how blessed we all are. I mean, she it was so over the top that even her leftist friends kind of said, hey, you better tone it down. It was it was so. So she contradicts this guy's assertion right away because she's clearly an advocate of the left and the Democrat Party. We have another word. She's a brown noser of the first degree. She can't get her (laughs) nose out of Joe Biden's butt. I'm sorry. I wouldn't put it that way. but Well, I would. I mean, good grief already. (laughs) Yes. So so let this NBC, NBC News president think that, you know, that of himself. But, you know, the fact that they have no audience now proves that people are leaving in droves and the independent journalists and the independent sources are growing exponentially. So the public is doing its walking and he can call his station, his network, whatever he wants. But that doesn't make it true. <sighs> OK, so tomorrow's another day. Your Majesty, we will rejoin and grab some of the other good stuff. I'm telling you, this Cloward Piven thing is really interesting. Because, as you say, if you look at what's actually happening, not the stuff that didn't happen, not the stuff that they're fighting, but look at what's happening, that gives you a far different view of what this administration is doing. Yes, and they're being very successful of it, or whoever's behind this. And tomorrow, I'd like to talk about Schumer's actual successful strategy. Now, everyone's calling him a failure in the Senate, but his job was to keep the money flowing. He had to convince the base that he was pushing their agenda and at the same time convince Wall Street that he was stopping the leftist agenda. And he did both. Wow. Okay, tomorrow with Princess Di here on WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, and we are coming back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on the air. 77 WABC. Meatloaf on WABC, Talk Radio 77. And this, thank you, Rich, very much. Because that was one of the stories that I did want to mention today. And Rich, of course, mind-meld, Rich. Reading my mind with where we should go with the music today gives us some meatloaf. And what an amazing story his career was. The unlikeliest in some cases, that's what at least some of the press is, the unlikeliest of rock stars. And he had a, just a brilliant career. I know there are stories out there about whether he did or did not uh, uh, have COVID, whether he, he, he made a very forceful statement about not being controlled with mandates and vaccines and so forth. But we don't know, at least from the news reporting, whether he was vaccinated, he wasn't. doesn't make a difference. Meatloaf has passed, and he had an exemplary career, And our condolences to his family, to his friends, and to his fans, of course.
Uh, Rich, where are we headed on the telephones? All right. Good afternoon, James. I'd like to say that Meatloaf, he had some set of pipes, huh? He was a great He really singer. did. Great musician. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, let us begin in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and say hi to Kay. Kay, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you this, this afternoon? Mr. Golden, how are you, sir? Good, thank you very much. I think your show is an excellent show. Nice spinoff from Rush. I was uh, I was listening to Rush maybe like 10 years. He helped change my whole way of thinking. So I appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, we are approaching um, almost a year in February since Rush passed. And I'm telling you, it has been a surreal year. And uh, we're just still grieving and still hurting. Thank you for your comments. So what's on your mind, Kay? Yes, it's kind of like Rush groomed us for, for what's going on today. Yep. Um, I wanted to commend you about your rant and your rave that you had yesterday. It was on point, spot on. I've been waiting for a man of color um, to say what he, what you said about Hakeem Jeffries, Maxine Waters. I mean, I could throw Al Sharpton in there. I could throw Benjamin Crump, go on and on and on. But one thing that you missed was that the reason why they move the way they move is all about the money, Mr. Snurley. Okay. Race hustlers, race hustlers. That's what they do. They uh, promise us the world in the black community. They don't do anything for us, but they get really rich. You have said it. I don't have to say it. You have said it. <laughs> you are a member of the quote-unquote community, and this is what you see very – let me ask you a question. Do you think that these that these black Democrats who claim to be leading for you are getting through to people the way that they used to? No, I think I think the um, I think the black community is widening up. Um, I think a lot of us are becoming conservatives. Um, I'm born and raised, as they would say, in the hood, but um, I don't think like that at all. I understand what it's all about. The Cory Bookers of the world. No, no, it's all about the money and it's all about enhancing their brands and and their race hustlers. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. I'm going to follow that up with two stories. And thank you. You've given me opportunity to get to two stories I wanted to get to. One is a New York representative, Mondaire Jones. And I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I'm not familiar with it. M-O-N-D-A-I-R-E. So I'm pronouncing him Mondaire. I hope it's right. Mondaire Jones. <clears throat> he took to the House floor yesterday to declare that um, lawmakers had used the Jim Crow filibuster to block voting rights legislation, attacking Republicans as well as Democrat Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. He's called a leading voice, really, leading voice. And this is what he has to offer us. Um, as you heard, we are living through the worst assault on the right to vote since Jim Crow. And yesterday on the Senate floor, white nationalists used the Jim Crow filibuster to block voting rights legislation. Now, this white nationalist business, Using First of all, Jim Crow is Democrat. Take out the words Jim Crow and put in Democrat. Because that's who gave us Jim Crow, Mr. Mondaire Jones. You may be too young or too ignorant to understand your own history. But as the Democrat, your party is the party of Jim Crow. Secondly, you, you throw around this racial tripe, white nationalist. Who are you? Are you a black nationalist? What are you? Why this continued racism and pouring gasoline over race? 
People have a right to vote for or against legislation based on the merit of the legislation. And for you to assume that they're white nationalists and they're racist shows your own bigotry. Hank Jones, perhaps one of the most ignorant congressmen, and that is a personal opinion. I and I maybe should pull that back to me. And I don't. I didn't. I say ignorant because I'm just flabbergasted at how he can say things that he says and not be self-reflective. Okay. This is one of the things that he said. Voting rights is not going away, even though the Senate last night failed to do what it should have done, blah, 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 blah. He went on to attack Republican Representative Chip Roy, who had used the term race baiting to describe what Democrats were doing in terms of this phony allegations of voter suppression. And they are phony. Okay, so he goes on the launch pad of over Chip Roy. It's, he says, you know, when you when you talk about how much racism still exists in the soil of America, in the soil of America, they want to plant their heads in that soil and refuse to acknowledge what's in that soil. He said, and get this, Republicans have become emboldened due to the due to former President Trump and his Make America White Again movement. And he also used the terms white power and white privilege to try to demean Representative Chip Roy. Now, Chip Roy is not standing for it. Chip Roy later went on and said and talked about who he is. He talked about the fact that he was raised by his grandmother and a single mom in a West Texas house that had a dirt floor, no indoor plumbing. He went through his family history, growing up dirt poor in Texas during the Depression and on. And he said, Chip Roy, I would question the assertion of my privilege and my white power. Democrats have nothing left to play but the race card, given a year of devastating crime, open borders, appeasement of our enemies, and failed COVID policies. So will you accuse the grandson of an orphaned, poor West Texas farmer who lost his farm in the Depression of white privilege, and you go back to race baiting. Par for the course. And this is exactly right. I happen to know Chip Roy. Chip Roy and I have been in, we're not close friends by any means, but Chip Roy and I have been in communication since he was the chief of staff for Ted Cruz. Roy is one of the most decent human beings that you would ever want to communicate with. This man went through a personal battle. Since it's health-related, I won't detail it to you. And he is a man of faith as well. Hank Johnson doesn't know Chip Roy. These Democrats, these black Democrats, their racist selves, just throw out this race thing at everybody that opposes them on merit. They are the exact opposite of what Dr. King talked about with merit instead of the superficial notion of the color of your skin. They do not deal with the ideas. They do not deal with Republicans on the basis that we have a legitimate right to stand up for the ideas that they present that we believe are wrong. They will not debate us on the issues. The only thing that these weak-minded people do 
is throw out race. Oh, you don't agree with me? Well, then you're a racist. You don't agree with the legislation we put up? Then you're a racist. Your own party is a racist. And you black Democrats, particularly many of you members of the so-called Congressional Black Caucus, are doing nothing but throwing gasoline on the racial tenderness that this country has and hoping to light a match to it. You people are disgraceful. You are racist and bigots yourselves. You need to look in the mirror and stop calling everybody else racist and examine the racism that lies in your own hearts. Stop demeaning your fellow citizens who disagree with you. It's one thing if people say something to you that's absolutely racist, if they do something to you that you can prove is based on a racist intent. It is another thing entirely to accuse people that you don't know of being racist at all. And that's all you do. You don't do a damn thing for the black communities around this country. They still have failing schools, out-of-control crime. You sit on your high and mighty perches, preening with your designer suits, and point your fingers at America, point your finger at America's great people, and you call them racist simply because they have the temerity and audacity not to agree with your solutions for getting the Democrat Party more power. You are a disgrace to this country. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77, back in a moment. (laughs) Rich digs this stuff out, I'm telling you. He's got a secret treasure chest. Bob and Earl, WABC Talk Radio 77. And we're here tomorrow. Remember, 8 a.m. in the morning. Princess Dial, join us again tomorrow. Listen, folks, I want to be really clear about something, okay? James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, is not saying that racism does not exist. We had stories in the first hour, this beautiful Dominican family riding, minding their business on the Long Island Railroad, assaulted by the worst of these hate crimes, this, this, this well, not the worst of the hate crimes, but certainly by a person spewing utter hatred based on the fact that they looked foreign to them. You have this this girl in in this 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 college student spitting on Jewish children, telling them that Hitler should have killed them all. You have in any week the, 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 these assaults on Asian our Asian brothers and sisters just riding the trains, being assaulted by parolees in some cases black, in some cases white, and they're attacking Asian people on the basis of this COVID business. You can go in any workforce that's large enough and find examples where twisted individuals with twisted minds, with twisted beliefs, do things to try to hurt people based on the basis of their skin color. Is there institutional racism in America? I believe so. All you have to do is look at New York City. Look at New York City where you have over 250 failing schools, mostly in black and Hispanic neighborhoods, and they are and they are allowed year after year after year after year after year. These kids come out of these schools without a proper education, and the Democrats who run New York and who've run New York for over 100 years say that it's okay. That is institutional racism. Look at the crime that affects black neighborhoods where criminals are released by people like this Alvin Bragg person to go prey on other black people, other Hispanic people, the elderly, the infirmed. Is that institutional racism? Yes. Okay, there is racism. But I maintain what I said in the past days. If you look by and large at most of the people in this country, 
Most of the people in this country are good human beings. They want to have a good life for themselves and their children. They want the best for their country. They love their country. They love their neighborhoods. They love their families. They don't want to harm anybody, and they don't want anyone to harm them. They want to live in a right way consistent with their spiritual or moral beliefs. And those beliefs could be Christian beliefs. They could be uh, Jewish beliefs. They could be out of Buddhism, Yainism, Sikhism, Hinduism. They can follow the 10 Sikh gurus. They can follow spiritual practices, whether it's Taoism, Confucianism, that have been around the world that teach the same thing, that we are all children of one God. Most people in America want to live in peace and harmony with their friends and their neighbors. And I think it is high time to start calling out those of us in society who claim that we have some special privilege to look at our white neighbors in America and start calling them names and assaulting them and assaulting them because of things that have happened in the past in this country, telling them that their children are unworthy, that they have some privilege. What nonsense. Telling people that they are evil because of the whiteness on their skin. What nonsense. This is all exactly what Dr. King fought against. And these so-called black members of Congress, these Congressional Black Caucus, sits here and spews this racism out. It wouldn't be tolerated. If Mitch McConnell and the Republican caucus spewed this kind of racism against black people, you took out the word white and you put in the word black, or you took out the word uh, uh, white and put in the word Asian, or put in the word Jew, these things that these black Democrats are saying would not be tolerated. They would be driven out of Congress for their abject and utter racism. And they are a blight on our society. Their hateful views toward their fellow American citizens are a blight on America. It is time that these black racists, and that's what they are. They are racist. They spew racism nonstop. Racism is behind everything. Racism is behind why you won't vote the way that they want you to vote. Racism is behind why you won't say that we should spend money the way that they want to spend money, money that we don't have. If we are going to live in a society that respects all men and all women, then all men and all women must be respected, not just black people, not just Asians. We can't continue to keep pointing fingers at each other and expect that our society is going to heal. We can't keep accusing our fellow citizens of the worst instincts whatsoever and never listening to what it is that they want from their country. The behavior that is being allowed from some of these congressional representatives is disgraceful. It is a disgrace to those who claim that they are Christians or whatever religion that they have practiced because it goes against those very principles. It is a disgrace against What we all said we wanted for the American dream, an America where people are judged by the content of who they are, by their character, and not by the superficial pigmentation of their skin. We deserve better as Americans. We deserve better than to have these congressmen pointing their fingers at us.
because some of us happen to be Republican and accusing us of being racist all the time. We deserve better than to have these same representatives claiming to represent communities that accept the kind of criminality in these communities that exist, that accept failing schools, that accept generations of minority kids growing up as second-class citizens in their own country while they sit in their designer clothes and preen on and on about how great they are. America deserves better than the Congressional Black Caucus the way that it is currently composed. We deserve better than the Democrat Party that wants to try to make us think that America has not changed since the 1960s or the days of the antebellum South. America deserves better than Democrats. We deserve better representation. We deserve a better class of people. We deserve people that are more enlightened. And we deserve people that are less racist walking the halls of the Congress of the United States and spewing their venom for everyone else to have to absorb every day. This is a great land with great people. And we should stop and acknowledge each other, regardless of color, as being a great people who want the best for each other. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. I'll be back tomorrow, 8 a.m. Thank you for being here. We are in the greatest city in New York. We have to protect it because I'm telling you, the criminals are trying to encircle us. We are in this country the world has ever witnessed, America. God bless each and every one of you and protect you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow. Please join us. Bye.